One, two, three, four. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms learn important lessons about putting others before ourselves. Oh, wait, no, no, the the opposite of that. The opposite of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have one kid, a boy, his name is Jay. He is almost two years old. And I have three kids, a seven-year-old named Tony and four-year-old twins, Libby and Nate, boy and girl, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to tell a quick story about how adorable our kids are? Well, I have a story that is not so much about my kids being cute, but it's podcast related and it makes me look like a good mom, I think. So I'm going to with that one have at it yeah definitely (laughs) okay so npr has a podcast for kids called wow in the world i've heard ads for it but we haven't listened to it yet yeah it comes out and there's like four of them i don't know how often they come out but we i downloaded it and two of my three kids just listened wrapped for like two of them and they would have listened to more, but it was getting on to be bedtime. So we turned it off, but it was really good. And they just sat there. <laughs> That's like awesome. Old, they were listening to an old timey radio program and they learned stuff. It was awesome. I only hope that the advertisers were Ovaltine. Um, that is awesome. I'm so glad you're getting your kids into podcasting early. Right. Just let me know when they're old enough to uh, rate us five stars. It was really hard for me to dredge up a cute story this time because Jay is just really feeling his toddleriness lately. Uh, Today, for the first time ever, I was making dinner. And for the majority of the time I was making dinner, he was underfoot like he always is. And it was crazy. But, you know, towards the last five minutes of the meal prep process, he just kind of disappeared into his playroom. And so I finished cooking and I put his food in a bowl and I said, Jay, it's time for dinner. And he said, Mom, I'm playing. (laughs) And I just it just blew me away. Like, I guess it's the first time one of the first times that he's like voluntarily gone off into another room and played by himself. Oh, really? That's awesome. You want to encourage that. Yeah. And also, it was the first time that, like, he's shooed me away, essentially. (laughs) That's also awesome. Encourage it. (laughs) Um, So that's my my Jay story for this week. (laughs) Uh, He's only much less farther away from making himself English muffin pizzas. Oh, I look forward to the day. Should we just very quickly, for our new listeners, summarize our screen time policies at home? Sure. How about you go first this time? Okay. We still have no real screen time, except we've definitely fallen into the rut of a half an hour right before bedtime just to get him to calm down because this kid goes like crazy. He's just like running around like a crazy thing, especially the last hour and a half before bed. So 
bribing him onto the couch for some cuddle time for the last half an hour with a television show seems to be the way to go. And that calms him down. And it calms him down, and he he gets ready for bed, so that's good. That's great. (laughs) I mean, I like to watch a show before I read, before I go to bed. Yeah, so do (laughs) I. I mean, I really wish he were super into, like, the latest episode of Game of Thrones instead of Paw Patrol, but, you know, baby steps. Yeah. So we're still an hour a day before dinner on most days. And we have two iPads and three kids, and they seem to share pretty pretty okay, but I found out that it's because the seven-year-old gets an iPad, one of the four-year-old gets an iPad, the other four-year-old watches somebody, and then the seven-year-old says, switch time, <laughs> and he just gets the other iPad. He never has to sit out. <laughs> I love it. That's a great way for him to use his big brother status. Yeah. I thought they were like rotating like in a circle, but no. (laughs) He's just bossing everybody around. (laughs) That's what older siblings are for. Oh, this this is a diversion, but we were going for a bike ride as a family and... We saw this, we were like at an intersection and then we passed through the intersection and there was a mom biking with a kid on the back of her bike in like a seat and he had a phone and he was watching like a show when he was on a bike ride oh, with no. his mom. He was probably like Jay's age. He was little, and Jeremy and I were just like, are you kidding me? Wow. I will never, ever feel guilty about letting my kid watch TV ever again. Yeah, just as long as he's not in like a on the back of a bike, like on a beautiful day. Yeah. And there's lots to look at besides the screen. <laughs> wow, that is a whole new level. So no more dithering with like small talk and asides. We'll just get right down to business. Okay. <laughs> Mary Ellen, 1955, Extraordinary Christmas! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we chose an American Girl movie. Well, it was really like a mini movie for today's episode. I'll just give you a really quick summary. So it's set in 1955, as the title would imply, in Tampa Bay, Florida, And Mary Ellen is a middle child in a family, and she really longs for a way to stand out in her family and in the world. Um, So she engages in a lot of attention-seeking behavior, which leads to a lot of clunky dialogue, but whatever. We'll talk about that later. Her mom's friend and her mom's friend's son named Benji come to stay with the family so Benji can get treatment for polio. And so the main conflict is between... What Mary Ellen wants to do for herself, which is to spend Christmas alone with her grandparents in Georgia and see snow, and what she wants to do for others, which is to give her mom's friend's son, Benji, enough money to return to Tampa for rehab. So the shocking twist is that altruism wins out, and Mary Ellen uses the money that she got to buy a train ticket to go visit her grandparents for Christmas to give to Benji so he can come back to Tampa for treat for further treatment. So she learns an important lesson about putting other people's for putting other people's needs before her own. 
that seem like enough of a summary? Yes. I would only add that her family is really big. So there's five kids. Right. Yeah. She has three sisters and a brother. So uh, American Girl started doing these direct-to-DVD movies uh, several years ago. They seem to have replaced those with these streaming mini-movies that I think air only on Amazon Prime. And this one was released in 2016. So uh, why did we pick this one? I had American Girl dolls growing up. Did you? No, but I did read the books. Mm -hmm. I think I'm maybe a little too old for the doll craze and a little too poor, maybe. Like I only knew. Yeah, I only knew one person, like one girl that I grew up with who had American Girl dolls. Mm -hmm. Nobody else did. My mother, because it started out with only the three original historical dolls and my mother got one for each of I have three sisters but she didn't get one for the youngest (laughs) because she was too young at the time but she was so mad about how much the dolls cost that she made all of their accessories like she just looked in the catalog and she copied the accessories she made them all out of Sculpey clay (laughs) Which I was, like, super embarrassed by (laughs) as a kid growing up. But now as an adult, I think that's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Do you still have them? Yeah, I have all of my Molly stuff in a box in our closet for my future hypothetical girl. That's awesome. (laughs) Like jewelry or uh, purses? No, I mean, it wasn't that involved at first. Like, it was pretty much just, like, she had a lunch sack with, like, fake lunch foods and, like, Oh, okay. A school set with pencils and stuff. It, They didn't start out being quite as involved as they are now, I think. And she probably didn't make all of them. The dolls seem super awesome, although I think they're less focused on the historical dolls now. Well, the company, the original company that started doing American Girl, uh, the Pleasant Company, was bought out by Mattel. So if you ask me, they've kind of barbified the whole franchise. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and wasn't that, sorry to, this is tangential, but mm-mm. wasn't that a place where um, archivists got jobs? I didn't hear that, but I did hear that they got all of their like historical photographs for the original books from the Wisconsin Historical Society Photo Archives. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like back when we were in library school, I thought there was like a job posting I just know that they shifted their focus exclusively from the historical dolls to, like, modern dolls. Mm -hmm. And we had that choice when we were choosing what to watch for this week. um, Because there were a couple of movies about the doll of the year. I guess they release a new doll every year, which, oh my gosh, can you imagine how expensive it must be if you buy your child the doll of the year every year with all the accompanying stuff? Yeah, I don't know who can do that. But anyway, we opted for the historical angle because I'm a sucker for historical fiction. Yeah, and it it looked good. So what what were your initial thoughts? Did you like it or not like it? I was surprised at how tolerant I was of this because, like I said, I am a sucker for historical fiction, and I'm also a sucker for uplifting plots. My favorite movie genre of all time is the inspirational sports movie so that gives you a little idea of just how happy I like my endings to be 
<laughs> um, so I thought that, that sums up completely why we do not like the same books. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Please do not explore the darkness of the human soul with me. I'm not interested. <laughs> You like a happy ending, and I like to cry. Yeah. See, I am a crier, so, like, I feel like I cry when watching TV commercials or, like, all the time in normal life, and I really don't need to seek it out in any other context. (laughs) I don't know. What did you think about the plot? I loved it. (gasps) I loved the whole thing. It was, like, exactly the kind of thing I would have wanted to watch when I was, like, eight, and so... I loved it. I thought it was great. Five stars, even though we're not rating. (laughs) Like, I thought the family was cute. I thought the production quality was awesome. Like, the period details, like the cars and the clothes and the set and everything were great. I thought the acting was good. I thought there were all sorts of, like, second wave feminism type things to unpack for my adult brain but like I would have loved it as a kid and I loved it as an adult I did find that insistence on hitting specific uh period beats to be a little off-putting like it kind of took me out of the action when they had to stop to have conversations about how women can have jobs too or how Mm -hmm. girls aren't supposed to wear pants like it felt like or how you can't call somebody with polio a, a cripple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were kind of shoehorning those in awkwardly, but I can see how an eight-year-old wouldn't pick up on that. So one little like nitpicky plot note. <laughs> the first scene in the movie takes place in a department store, and uh, you know Mary Ellen is getting into trouble, and her siblings are making mischief, and the mom comes in, and seriously, all she says is essentially, stop doing that. And everyone just obeys her and, like, is perfect right away. And I thought, is this woman super mom? She did seem kind of exasperated. But other than that, it was totally unbelievable. I think it's maybe it's because, like I said, I have a two-year-old who is fighting me on everything right now. But I was just so impressed that her kids didn't, like, push back at all. They were just like, okay, mischief over. (laughs) maybe well in 1955 it would have been like acceptable to like spank your kids I guess I think in 1955 kids probably were better behaved because like teachers hit kids and stuff you're right you're right so I guess I shouldn't spend too much time being like how does she do it because the answer is she smacks her kids right all right, right fine were you at all distracted by Mary Ellen's wig no I didn't realize it was a wig oh my gosh it was such <laughs> a bad wig it was essentially like it would stay in one place when she walked away and it took a while to catch up with her it was that bad <laughs> wow I'm really not observant well that to me adds to like the doll like I mean she's like a living American girl doll maybe. oh you're right I mean, I don't think that was an intentional idea in the back of their head. They were costuming her, but okay. That's charitable of you. The opening, again, in the department store really reminded me of the movie A Christmas Story. Classic. Yeah. And I was worried that it would be trying to cover some of the same ground, but my mind was soon set at ease because this was not funny. 
Not at all. And it wasn't even trying to be. It's not like it was trying to be funny and it fell flat. It was just, Mm -hmm. it didn't have that same humor. See, I think I was more focused on admiring the period details. Mm -hmm. Like the family's home had this spindly pink tinsel Christmas tree (laughs) that I would pay like $1,000 for. It was so perfect. (laughs) I loved it. And, like, the department store, going back to that, like, they had all this Hawaii stuff. And I was going to Google when Hawaii became a state, but I think that would have been around the time. It made sense that that was, like, the end cap in the store. Yeah. Hawaii, like, hula skirts at Christmas time because Hawaii was, like, a big deal culturally. See, while I was nitpicking the wig, you were busy picking up on carefully thought out period details. (laughs) <laughs> so I didn't notice the wig at all. I did. I, I do remember that she had bangs, but that's it. Um, should we move on to the cast? Sure. Can I start with her friend, Davy, Mary Ellen's friend, Davy? Yeah, of course. Okay. He really reminded me of that weird boy that Sally is friends with in Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Glenn. I think I went there because it's like uh, this takes place before Mad Men, but. Yeah, super creepy. And he was like a giant compared to her. (laughs) He was like uh, the size of like a 15-year-old boy, but he was supposed to be her age. Yeah, I guess that didn't occur to me. I just thought they were trying to drive home the fact that Mary Ellen was so non-conforming that, of course, her best friend would be a boy. I also enjoyed when he talked about what he was doing in Woodshop and then like it was that really deliberate so what are you learning in home ec, Mary Allen? <laughs> yes. Did you recognize anyone in the cast? The only person I recognized was the guy who played the doctor, because he also played a judge on The Good Wife. But otherwise, every face was new to me. Him and then the older sister's boyfriend, to whom she gets pinned. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a character on um, Transparent. Oh, okay. See, I don't watch that show because I like my comedies to be comedies, dramedies. I can't do it. I might cry. <laughs> I get it, but it is a really good show. I know. You and everyone in the world says so. Maybe someday. I thought, I thought the mom was really well cast. Yeah, she was she great. Was she good. sold the clunky dialogue well. I actually wrote out when she was talking about her friend who brings the son who's recovering from polo. Polo, polio and she says Connie worked on the assembly line I supervised at the factory during World War II we built airplanes exposition 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 <laughs> <laughs> but that's just what the books were like like yeah. they were really the plots were kind of thin but the historical details were well thought out yeah and they were trying to give you a background in those historical details that we think of as being eye-rollingly obvious but aren't necessarily obvious to eight-year-olds. Women have lots of opportunities. They can be teachers or nurses or secretaries. (laughs) Were you at all put off by the uh, mansplaining moment at the dining room table when dad, who must have been a college professor of some sort, uh, explained that maybe someday women could go to college? I see. I think he was supposed to be woke. Yeah, I because he was saying that, like, I think you were supposed to think like, oh, wow, what a what a forward thinking man. But yeah, he was totally mansplaining. (laughs) 
As far as the whole production goes, though, I am with you in that everything was appropriately bright and colorful for the period. There was an avocado refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want everything set in the 50s to be in that really, like, saturated color palette. Is saturated even the right word? Maybe just bright. I'm searching for a too complicated word. (laughs) No, I I get what you mean for sure. Yeah, should we move on to overall thoughts, or do you have anything else specific? The first question I wrote down on the deck, I belatedly realized I didn't really have very much to say about it. So I wrote down, is this an effective way to teach about historical periods? Do we need the product tie-in to make this history compelling? Um, I think it's kind of outside our purview to <laughs> to really go into that. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I don't know. Are kids going to learn from this? I mean, I feel like I know so little about American Girl dolls now. Right. I think they were originally intended to teach about those historical periods. And I like I like that. I yeah. like a little fiction with my history. Yeah. See, we're not so different. And I don't know. I didn't feel like it was... I didn't feel like the movie was trying to compel us to purchase American doll products at all. I don't know. Maybe... I'm just cynical because immediately after watching it, I looked online to see what outfits from the movie oh. I could purchase oh. either for the doll or for the doll and and the girl. So the pajamas that she wears in the scene where she is repainting the door, mm-hmm. uh, you can get that for kids and for the doll so they can match. And the doll also has that exact outfit with the pants from the opening scene. So that was a really blatant tie-in, but mm-hmm. I realized we just had this conversation last time, so I can't renege on my statement where I said that I really like product tie-ins. <laughs> like I like to feel like I can bring a piece of the world home, and I wonder if I'm more okay with it if I feel like the products come second and the movie or TV show comes first. Oh, right, right, right. Like, like Disney. Yeah. They create the movie and then yeah. all, the merchandise follows. Exactly. Yeah, I think I'm more, I'm a little more comfortable with that. And I think that the actual thing you watch is better for it. Yeah, I would agree. But you didn't find yourself thinking, oh my God, they're just trying to sell me stuff. I did not, but I did not take the time to look at the American Girl merchandise that went along with it. Yeah. Can you think of any adult shows that you would compare it to? Well, Madman, Madman, I already mentioned that, mm-hmm. came to mind a little bit just because it was not the same time period, but I felt like they paid good attention to the period details and you're taking in the whole period, not just, it's not just a movie that happens to be set in that. Right. Like the time period really is about it, but it was not like Madman at all. Like it's <laughs> totally, totally kid friendly. <laughs> The show that it made me think of immediately was this great three-season show that is sadly not available on streaming or even to purchase on DVD. I think the first season might have been available on DVD, but because of crazy music rights issues, you can't get it anywhere. Um, What is it? American Dreams. Oh, I know that show. Yeah. With Britney Snow, and it was set in the early 60s and it was about this teenage girl that danced on American Bandstand yeah that was a good show it was awesome and I'm yeah. sad to this day that we can't 
I mean, I think I own season one on DVD, but you can't get season two or season three. Makes me sad. Um, so that was my first thought, just because the period is the same. But then I thought about this uh, actually fairly long running. I want to say it was Showtime show called The Tudors. Did you ever watch it? Mm-mm, it no. was about Henry VIII and they like reimagined Henry VIII as like a young, hot, sexy guy. And it went all the way through like all of his wives. But the thing that made me think of that while watching this is there were definitely moments where he would almost turn to the camera and twirl his face fake mustache and be like, she better not do anything to make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of reminded me of the clunky dialogue about uh, women working in factories and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, for listeners that don't know, that is because Henry VIII killed several of his wives. <laughs> History spoiler. <laughs> This does make me, or when we were talking about like how well behaved the kids are, this does make me think about like uh, a show like um, Modern Family, where there's a lot of kid actors and characters, and they are just spoiled and <laughs> insolent. And I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it, I mean. I don't know about you, but I feel like almost every day as a parent, I think about my parents and how much more control they always seem to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, and it wasn't because they were swatting us, because they weren't swatting us. Um, but I do look back on it and be like, oh, how do they do that? Because I have no idea. My kid's probably going to grow up to be a jerk, just like those kids on Modern Family. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give any thought to casting the gritty HBO reboot? Well, I would have liked to see a little more diversity, I guess, if it were if I were casting something along the same lines. Like I would have liked a different setting other than like a sort of bourgeois suburb in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I had nothing for casting the gritty HBO reboot because then all I could think of was just to- these horrible like horrible historical fiction shows that I watched so I was essentially just like replacing people in this movie with people from those other plots and it was not interesting at all (laughs) I mean I guess I'd like to see the family of modern family recreate this and the kids would they'd like steal the train money (laughs) and take it to a horse track or something like they wouldn't they wouldn't be altruistic like Mary Ellen. And I could just see Phil Dumphy sitting at the head of the table being like, of course women can go to college. I mean, they can't <laughs> be doctors, but. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> so did you, so you mentioned that you still have your American Girl doll. What was her name again? Her name was Molly. Uh, she was Molly. the World War II era doll. Are you going to ask me whether I loved this because I loved Molly? Yes. I definitely think that my having that doll did instill in me a fondness for that general time period in history that Mm -hmm. certainly exists to this day. And maybe it had some effect on my liking bright and sunny plots where everything turns out well and people love each other. But uh, 
I don't know that I would trace it directly to Molly. Right. So would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? Boy, I might actually watch another American Girl movie if there w- if I didn't have anything else on my watch list. I'm with you. I I might. It was perfectly pleasant and left me feeling happy afterwards. It was like 45 minutes, so it was satisfying like a longer TV show is. And for once, it was kind of nice to watch a 45-minute show where no one gets decapitated. Right. And the worst thing, like, the worst character is, like, the second oldest sister. I don't know her name. Yeah. just, like, the enforcer of the heteronormative (laughs) traditional (laughs) roles of everybody. She was the worst character. She was. Yeah. So if you're looking, I, I don't know adults listening if you're looking for kind of an anodyne historical detail driven movie slash hour-long feature i i would recommend i would go ahead and recommend i think this is the first kids show that i would recommend to our adult listeners i'm so glad i think i would i would do the same if it were possible i think i would recommend that they watch american dreams before they watch this but since that's not possible yeah, definitely. It was fun. It, and I think we all need a little bit of just peaceful happiness in our lives these days. <laughs> right. And this is totally unrelated to our overall thoughts. This is just a little, again, tangential thing. But I love the name Mary Ellen. I'm not going to have any more kids, but I don't know any little kids named Mary Ellen. And I think that's a good one. You're right. The kind of two names as one name thing has definitely fallen away. And it was, she went by the nickname Ellie, which is kind of cute, and M-E, which I thought was super cute as a nickname. That is cute. You're right. Well, so I'll I'm just, just going to I'm just going to toss that out there. Should we do 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids? Yes. I think my, I would be totally fine if my kids wanted to watch this. Yeah, agreed. I mean, again, Jay doesn't have the attention span for it, but if he wanted to watch it, I would be totally into it. Ratings? I already did mine. Five stars. Five stars, Mary Ellen, 1955. Is this our first five-star rating? Uh, I think so, yeah. This is a momentous occasion. Everybody <laughs> raise your glasses. Five stars. <laughs> Mary Ellen, 1955, Extraordinary Christmas. Your title well is long, but you're still good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah, talk us out. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, otherwise known as iTunes. <laughs> tweet tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at, at my screen time 2 And you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Screen time. Screen time. Screen time.